Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, let's do it for one more time, shall we? The Vince Quinn Show here on CBS Sports Radio on the final voyage. And uh, we're going to get into a lot of stuff tonight. We're going to, I mean, you know me. We're, we're going to go all over the place. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun. We'll make fun of the Jets, maybe. Just, I, I just want to get Graceffo as mad as possible before I leave. That is my goal. I'm just going to make fun of the Jets a lot. Um, okay, no, I won't do that. But We're going to have a good time tonight. So uh, a lot of things to get to, and it's a good day to do it, right? College football. Here we go. Last week was so annoying. I'm going to tell you right up. It, it was annoying because everyone's like, oh, my God, college football start now. And then I looked at the games, and I was like, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> don't, don't tell me what the slate of games that we had last week. The college football was really getting going. I know you're desperate for it, but, man, uh, that was a letdown. So. This week, college football actually started. That's that's how it goes for me. And the first thing you walk away with is it's Alabama's year again for the 30th time in a row, and it may never stop. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what Alabama does every single year. And the crazy thing about it is that Nick Saban continues to get better. He continues to get better, right? Like, you look at Tom Brady and the career that he's had, and obviously he's not the 2007 Tom Brady. He's not the guy that can throw it 55, 60 yards down the field with ease all the time, setting records. They didn't lose a game until the Super Bowl. Like, he's not that guy. He's still amazing. He's not as good as he used to be. As much as he's still amazing, as much as he works consistently all the time with the diets and, like, I don't know, maybe he tastes ice cream, but it's like some weird offshoot of ice cream. It's not actually milk in there. I I don't know what he's doing. But either way, with all the crazy commitment that Tom Brady puts in year in and year out, naturally he's going to decline a little bit. Nick Saban's a coach. It's a whole different ballgame. And for him... He's got that same intensity. He's got that same tenacity, that desperation to win. And year after year after year after year, he continues to not only win, but continue to win decisively. And again, he gets better. Did you see Bryce Young today? Bryce Young, quarterback at Alabama. 344 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Alabama quarterbacks don't really do that. And that's where you have to start. Because think about this with Alabama and with Nick Saban. Saban's background is defense. That's his specialty. If you were going to say arguably the greatest coach ever, was one side of the ball or the other, it's been defense. That's been his calling card for a long, 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 long time. But he admitted, uh, maybe it was a year ago, I want to say, 
They asked him in an interview about the state of college football, and he's like, you know, I would love to tell you it's all about defense. It's not anymore. And you can see that. You can see the changes in the philosophy of the way that he's operated with this team over the last couple of years. Look at the different quarterbacks that have come through Alabama. You have Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts ends up transferring, whatever, still has a phenomenal year at Oklahoma, and now he's going to take the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl next year. I'm just calling my shot. Uh, <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa. For all the problems with Tua as a pro, right now, top what? Five, top six pick in the draft? He's getting quarterbacks. He's developing quarterbacks consistently. Now that he's putting in this focus, and you see Bryce Young have an opening game like this with a team that got, what, 14th ranked Miami? And just like any stereotypical high school movie that you've ever seen where some nerdy kid who's like five foot two and he weighs 85 pounds and he's got glasses that are as big as his head and they just picked him up and they twisted him into a pretzel and they dunked him in the trash. They obliterated Miami. Didn't matter. Because Alabama's that good. Because it's not just the defense, which consistently, year in and year out, is one of the best units in the country. But now they consistently develop offense. They consistently target and develop quarterbacks. And they've gone to a whole other level of existence. Football programs should not be this good. It's like the program or the whole system has been broken. Like he's hacked the whole thing. Because before, I mean, how many quarterbacks, you go back in the past, uh, I don't know, 15 years or however long Saban's been there, how long have quarterbacks mattered there? Guys like Blake Sims, who cares? Uh, A.J. McCarron, you know, like guys, nobody dynamic, no Heisman candidates, nothing like that, just guys. It didn't matter. You didn't have to go and recruit. Like, a lot of times, um, for example, in the NFL, you're going to pick your battles. You're going to have positions that you really favor. You're going to have positions that you put a lot of money into. And you're going to have positions that you say, oh, we don't value this position as much based on our scheme, based on the market, whatever it is. We're just not going to go all in on a certain spot. Nick Saban operated that way for a while. Had capable quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that wouldn't turn the ball over. But he didn't have superstars. That's not what he needed. It was all about the defense. Build the defense, win with the defense, ball control, shut people down, just gritty kind of football. Think of Alabama now. Whether you saw them today or not, think about the last couple of years and what Alabama's been able to do. Because here's the thing that's so remarkable about it. If you look at Alabama over the last couple of years, I don't think there's a single position that hasn't been drafted high in the first round. Everywhere. I mean, offensive linemen, tackles, guards, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. They've got all the defensive linemen, linebackers, corners, safeties. They develop everything at the highest level consistently. There are some programs that you talk about. For example, you know, for me growing up over all the years, the thing I would always hear is, you know, Penn State. Penn State, linebacker you, baby. They they just get linebackers, develop linebackers, whatever. I mean, that's fine. Who doesn't Nick Saban develop? 
who doesn't come through that program as a legitimate top flight, you know, top five pick in the draft? They're developing those guys constantly. I mean, you look at the receiving core of the past couple of years. Devontae Smith won the Heisman. Jerry Judy going high in the draft. Henry Ruggs going high in the draft. Jalen Waddell going high in the draft. Like, that's that's all in the past, what, two years? That's it. <laughs> all these guys went maybe the top 10, top 15 in the draft at worst. It's ridiculous. You know, if it was he's developing everything except the quarterback and the quarterback's propped up because there's just so much ridiculous talent, yeah, I mean, that'd be a smart way to build. But everything is so good that, yeah, quarterbacks are going to want to go play there. <laughs> he's got everything. You know, it's it's Thanos. It's just he's playing with an advantage that nobody else has. He has more power than anybody else. The money, the stability, the track record. There's nowhere else you should go. I mean, if you get a call from anybody that isn't Nick Saban, what's the point? Like, go to Alabama. I don't care what position you play. Go to Alabama. Did you see Clemson today? The offense was a joke. Okay? They got crushed. Play calling was bad. They didn't understand how the line was getting beat. They scored, what, three points? It was a terrible game for them. They lost at home. That was a disappointing loss for them in a big way. And so you look at that and you go, yeah, well, Nick Saban, go to Alabama. Go to Alabama. When's the next time he's going to lose? Go to Alabama. I mean, if you're going to develop any position, like here's the one thing, here's the one negative I would say is if you are a punter, do not go to Alabama. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it for you. That is the one position in the whole sport. If you want to punt, Maybe long snap. You're going to snap so many extra points that you'll probably get good uh, college tape. And if you're good enough and you want to do it, someone will draft you. So long snapping. You can still go to Alabama. But how often are you going to punt? How often do Alabama teams punt per year? You know, like, (laughs) that's it. That's the only weakness I've got. That's the only uh, exhaust port in the Death Star. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. I don't know. They don't need to develop punters. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? It's crazy. But that's how Alabama operates. That's what they do. And so you've got this product that is so consistently, overwhelmingly dominant to mid-tier, to pretty good competition. I mean, unless they're dealing with the best of the best it's not a game anymore. They've elevated on such a different level above everybody else that it, it's a tear unto itself. It's remarkable. I mean, really, it is, it is hard to believe that something could be this out of hand, but for Saban to be around as long as he is, be as hungry as he is, because again, credit to Saban, it'd be easy to go, you know, I've won every national championship in the past couple of years, and uh, with all this money I've got and my success, I've done it at multiple places, you know, eh, like, do I need to recruit as hard? Do I do I need to win that badly? Do I need to make that extra trip? Do I need to make sure this guy is scouting this guy over there? I mean, there's still, and I talk about this all the time because I really think it's remarkable, and it is another testament to Saban. He'll give scholarships to kids that are like 13 years old. He'll say, listen, I'll see you in five years. 
It doesn't even matter. He's like, hey, you're 6'4", 260 at 13. Yep, I'll see you. I got 120 spots on my roster. Who cares? It's like baseball, right? The beauty of a, a baseball team that's a well-run organization. You draft well, sure, absolutely. You want to draft, you want to develop, you want to do all that stuff. But also, you get international players, international money. You go and take those risks. Sometimes you get kids that are like 17 years old. And you bring them into the system. And you develop them. And you might take years to do it. But there are Hall of Fame players that have been developed that are incredibly young. And that's how they get started. Saban takes those kinds of shots. I mean, for Alabama, it's just such a complete picture everywhere. There's no weaknesses. Right? One of the things that you might see with a lot of different programs... And this is pro, this is college, and really, this is any sport. There's times when the assistant leaves. And when that assistant leaves, team ain't the same anymore. They're just not as good. Head coach stays, but that offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, they leave the team, they get a head coaching job somewhere else, they get to spread their own wings, and the team takes a hit. It's not the case for Alabama. Think of the Atlanta Falcons. They go to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan wins the MVP. Where have they been since then? They haven't been that far, right? And and you know why that is? It's Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, after that year, went to San Francisco. They have not been as good ever since. They fired their head coach. Who knows where they are now? This is probably a bit of a lost year for them. And then maybe they get a new quarterback next year. That's where the Atlanta Falcons are. That doesn't happen to Saban. Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian, like, it it just doesn't matter. Anybody can come and go. Nick Saban is going to continue to win games. He's going to continue to recruit everybody. He's turning everyone in the first-round talents. And the crazy thing is that enough of those guys that are first-round talents are worth the pick. A lot of guys that you draft out of Alabama that are a first-rounder, good players. Are there misses? Sure. Everybody has misses. But... The safest draft strategy you can possibly have is just, did he go to Alabama? Yes. All right, we're taking him. If all things are equal, take the kid from Alabama. Because the way he gets coached, the way he gets used, they're getting the most out of the player. So it's not just overwhelming talent. It's coaching. It's understanding the dynamics of the sport and where it's going. I mean, for a defensive coach, you got to think of the pride of this, of a guy that is developed, spent all these years as a defensive guy to go, yeah, my side of the ball doesn't matter anymore. Not as much as it used to. You can't win championships based on a great defense in college football. It's just not possible. Let me go and do both. (laughs) And now the offense is better than the defense. Like, they just, everybody on that team, you just go, all right, well, how high in the first round for this guy? Oh, they have this linebacker that they converted to a tight end. He scored two touchdowns today. How long until uh, he's a first-round pick? What number does he go? I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's amazing. It's astonishing. And I'm I'm just in awe of it. So you watch this game today, and it's funny because yesterday, you know, I was in for uh, for Salicotti yesterday. Same, same time slot. And I was talking about the NBA, and you look at it, and it's the Lakers, it's the Nets, and it's everybody else. College football, it is just Alabama. It's just them. Unbelievable. Now, if you want to get in, 
4227. That's how you join the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket Ken. So here's what we're going to do next. Uh, Want to get a little bit more. I don't know if you saw this. This was the dumbest, greatest thing that I've seen related to a college broadcast. And uh, it's going to make your stomach turn. We're going to talk about that next. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And we started by talking about Alabama, who's just. It's so ridiculous. It's so unbelievable that they just do this year in and year out. On some level, being an Alabama fan has to suck. It does. Like, being an Alabama fan, uh, generally being a Yankees fan, a Lakers fan, on some level, it just has to be miserable. It's boring. Right, your expectation every year as Alabama is just, hey, we're going to play all these decent programs or good programs, and the expectation is we beat them by, you know, 25 every single week, if not 50, <laughs> you know. They're playing Mercer next week. Good luck to Mercer. Good luck. I don't know what the spread is of that game. It's not high enough. It's just not. And it's got to get boring. I mean, at some point, you just have to look at it and go, yeah, I mean, does the Alabama season even really start until the college football playoff begins? Does it? I don't know. It's completely ludicrous what's going on over there. So you just you sit back and you tip your cap. But here's something that, okay, this was, this was ridiculous, right? I knew there was going to be silly, dumb stuff going on this college football season. There has to be. People can get into the stands. Again, you're seeing packed houses all over the place. Uh, You've just got this energy of people being back out in general. The way last season went, like, there's just, it was primed for insanity in some way, shape, or form. I did not expect this, though. Okay. (laughs) The, the, uh, The quarterback for Kentucky, his name is Will Levis. He had posted a video not too long ago of himself eating a banana. Now, Graceffo, did you see this? I think I know where you're going. Yes. Uh, This was unbelievable. In the video, he does not take a bite of just, you know, the banana. He takes the bite of an unpeeled banana. He just bites in to an unpeeled banana and goes, yep, this is this is food. I'm just going to eat all of this <laughs> to the horror of people nationwide. And that is a disgusting act. Oh, it's gross. It's gross. I love a good banana. I buy them all the time. I mean, when you have a you can get a quality fruit for like 49 cents a pound. Yeah. Count me in. All right. Uh, that's a that's a fine, tasty, nutritious treat on the cheap. I'm in. It's it's an easy purchase. Eating the peel? Eating the peel is certifiably insane. It's crazy. Like, certain foods, the way we eat a certain food, the way, like, animals 
in the wild are going to eat a certain food could be a little different, right? They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be washing up onions they dig out of the ground or whatever. I don't know what animals dig up onions, but uh, you get what I'm saying. Like, they, they eat dirty, nasty things, and they just eat through it. They just figure it out. They've got crazy stomachs that have acid that can burn anything. But when monkeys eat bananas, they peel them. Monkeys aren't just biting straight in. I've seen them. I've learned from monkeys on how to eat a banana. That's the crazy thing. Because I don't know about you, Graceffo. You know how I, I would always peel a banana? I'd get the stem, and you'd use the stem as a starting point, like you were grabbing a zipper, and you you pull the stem, right? Is that is that how you open a banana? I don't eat enough bananas to, you don't, uh, oh God, to uh, shame to on help you. you with this. Shame one. on you. Delicious fruit, incredibly Very cheap. low on potassium. You can make man. smoothies. You can make it for dessert. Like, you can do anything with a banana. It is the greatest food, one of the greatest foods that exists. Yeah, I don't keep any fruit in my house. None. No. None? Yeah. Do you like any fruit, though? Not really. You don't even like fruit? What do you eat? Garbage. You literally just, like, you're a raccoon? Like, you just go into people's... I mean, you're in New York City. Figuratively, I eat garbage. Junk food. What is the most common thing you eat in a week? What is is a staple of the James Graceffo diet? Oh, you know that Australian licorice? (laughs) Really good. (laughs) So good. Australian licorice. I get it. I get it all the time. What? What? <laughs> okay. It's like this thick licorice. Is it like red licorice? No, black no, no. Licorice? It's, like, it's like comes in like different flavors. It's like green apple, uh, strawberry, mango. They're great. It's great. So, like there's there's fruit there in that. It's Not fruit, really fruit flavoring. Yeah, yeah. But any real fruit? Nah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> licorice, the staple of any good diet. Well, I mean, you know, your basics. You got your frozen food. You got your, yeah. You got your beer. Yeah. You got your alcohol, hard alcohol. That's the- <laughs> I mean, I will have a lime with a drink sometimes or a lemon. All right, there you go. That counts. Yeah. That will, will count. <laughs> That's great, but yeah, as as much as I, I mean, I'll probably it's my last show. I'm gonna go home and have a couple of drinks. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate a little bit. Um, I don't think I'll put any fruit in it because I don't know what I have at home, but. Anyway, this this all goes back to bananas because I would typically, when I'd eat a banana, my whole life, you get it, you get the stem, you pull the stem, and then you just peel off everything else around it. I watched a video at one point of monkeys eating bananas. They hold it by the stem, and they pinch the other end and then open it up. And I was like, oh, because then you have a handle. You know what I mean? Like, it's brilliant. It's like uh, It's like eating an ice cream cone at that point. So it's like, oh, okay, I've been taught by primates on how to properly eat a banana, but I've never seen them bite the actual full unpeeled banana. Outrageous. It is outrageous. And yet there were, I saw multiple instances of college reporters in different capacities biting into unpeeled bananas today. (laughs) What's wrong with you people? (laughs) I mean, it's in-depth reporting, right? Like, that is, who says journalism is dead, okay? Journalism is not dead when you have dedicated college scribes all across America biting into unpeeled bananas. That what? Is, that is commitment, okay? <laughs> that is top-of-the-line work. I respect them for being able to do it. One of them was like, actually, it's not that bad. Nobody does that, though, right? That's, that's the other thing. I want to make sure because sometimes you hear about things that people eat, and it does surprise you. Like, 
I think it's in, I forget if it's in Detroit or in Cleveland. There's a sandwich somewhere that during a holiday, people eat like a raw ground beef sandwich. I, I swear to God, we talked about it I, like three months ago, I think. But That is absurd. Yeah, it, it is. But I heard, and, and when I heard that, I was like, wow, people just eat sandwiches of raw. You just walk into the supermarket and you're like, yeah, okay, let me just eat this ground chuck. Just straight off the rack. I mean, if that's what you want to do, fine. Uh, it's it's a dangerous game to play, but apparently people do that. Is there anybody that actually normally eats a banana without peeling it? Is that a thing that people do? Like, is there nutritional value in that? You know? Like, you get a baked potato. Okay, I'll eat the skin. Skin on a baked potato? Pretty good. Pretty good. You can make some things happen with that. You do, like, twice baked potatoes, all sorts of stuff. But the, But the skin on a potato... Not bad. I'll even make mashed potatoes and have the skin in there. Banana and the peel at the same time. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. I I just, I was stunned by that. But, you know, it it was the start of the college season. They were covering Kentucky. They watched this quarterback eat bananas and the peel. And they were like, yeah, let's just go for it. So there you go. Uh, If you have a banana at work with you as you're driving around or working wherever you're working, don't bother to peel it anymore. It's a new world. Enjoy it unpeeled. <laughs> it's the finest quality fruit you can have. <laughs> My God. Uh, so anyway, I don't know what you call in to say about this unless you eat unpeeled bananas, but 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yep, get it out of your system while you can, Graceffo. The clown show is leaving town, pal. It's unfortunate, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just gonna have to listen to it at home by yourself, unfortunately, rather than victimize America. <laughs> everybody likes this song. <laughs> yeah, no, this is everybody's. Uh, it's, I think it's in everyone's top ten. I mean, just all-time great jam right here. Whoever this is, which I ask you, like. Once every three months, I ask you who this is, and I always forget. (laughs) And at this point, I don't think I want to know. I don't want to know. Fine, we'll just move on. Yeah, there we go. Uh, So, let's do... Well, before we move on uh, completely, I feel like we are are in the right direction here. The first call we get tonight is from someone named King in Atlanta, and he wants to talk about raw sandwiches. Let's go to King in Atlanta. Hello, King. What's up, Vince? What's going on? Hey, I felt very disrespected. Yeah, I live in Atlanta now, but I come from Detroit, Michigan. We don't eat raw meat sandwiches there. Well, who does eat it? Somebody does it in in the Rust Belt, if you will. No, it's New York. You can get steak tartare. 
So it's like, you no, know, it's no, like a rock steak. Raw, no, no, no. That's, it's, that's not what I'm talking about. Because I know that's a thing. But, no, people eat, like, raw ground beef sandwiches somewhere as a holiday item. I forget where it is. I'm going to have to Google this, which is bad form right now. I'll, I'll have to look it up next break. I thought you knew where it was. I thought you knew what I was okay. talking about. No, no. I'm just saying, yeah, not Detroit, though. Okay. Definitely not Detroit. Not Detroit. Good to know. King, I appreciate it. We will spend our night aimlessly meandering around America trying to find out where they eat raw meat sandwiches somewhere as some sort of holiday treat because I know it exists. Somebody eats just like ground beef sandwiches somewhere, and it, it melted my brain a couple of months ago. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's... Let's get to a real sports topic. I should do some actual sports talk before I get out of here. Um, let's talk about Chip Kelly, actually, which I didn't really think I'd be doing this year. Um, well, I won't be this year, but I didn't think I'd be doing that tonight. Chip Kelly to be 2-0 and right now. Stunner. I mean, that's that's a stunner. It really is. You look at Chip Kelly, the career path, it, and it's funny because it is a stunner. You know what I mean? It's almost a stunner that it's a stunner. We're talking about Chip Kelly. Do you remember how great Chip Kelly was just a couple of years ago? Chip Kelly was king. I mean, he was one of the most sought-after, talked-about, respected innovators in college football. The guy was a huge deal. Everything he did at Oregon was just incredible. And it was funny because... A lot of those guys went pro. I feel like they didn't do much. Quarterbacks, running backs, like they had some he had some decent players that came out. But those guys, like his biggest prospect was Marcus Mariota. What did he do? You know what I mean? Like it was Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was Oregon. Then he goes to the Eagles. For a year, he's really good. He makes the playoffs. Everything's fun. For me, personally, I was thrilled about it. Oh, my God, we got Chip Kelly. Oh, my God, everything's great. We're revolutionizing the sport. And then, for like two years, and uh, they had to fire him. He was awful. I mean, by the time Chip Kelly left Philadelphia, here's how bad it was. Players were calling out the Eagles' plays during the games. They just knew. They knew everything that Chip was running. And after the game, and this happened multiple times, like there are quotes from players after the game, multiple games, multiple times, multiple years, where they said they knew exactly what the Eagles were doing and where the ball was going, what the play was. He only ran a couple of plays. He he went out of his way to tell people that he only ran a couple of plays. And then everyone was like, oh, he only runs a couple of plays. Okay. <laughs> they figured him out. And then he goes to San Francisco. He's terrible there. He's gone to UCLA. He had a rough stretch there to start. And now here he is. I, I don't know if it's him turning the program over. I don't know if he's made a change in philosophy. I don't know what it is. But for the fact that he went to being this great star this guy that was revolutionizing college football. And when he went to the pros, by the way, Chip Kelly revolutionized pro football. That guy made a big difference. The league has been different since Chip Kelly got into the league. And for him to bomb out as quick as he did, and then to do it again in college, bomb out, it was like, uh uh-oh. Is this guy ever going to figure it out? Did he just have one specific thing that he came up with? Like, sometimes artists might have an album 
And that sound is so unique and it's so new and it changes the game and it gets everybody really excited. And what are they going to do next? Nothing. That's all they got. That's it. They, they, they had this one beautiful shining moment of time and they couldn't produce that greatness again. They just never figured it out. That's, that was the peak. That was it. And then the music industry passes them by. That's what I thought Chip Kelly was going to be. Maybe still will be. But the fact that they just won two straight games now to start this year, they beat LSU, it's a good start. It's a good start. It's a surprising start. We'll see where everything goes with Chip Kelly because I thought he was done. I thought he was cooked. Good for him. Now, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. We go to Millhouse in North Car- or South Carolina. What's up, Millhouse? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing tonight? Man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hey, man, I just wanted to call in and give my opinion coming from a lifelong Alabama fan. Uh, I do work second shift, and I was getting off today whenever they were starting, so I did not get to see the game as of yet. I'm actually getting ready to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've seen the headlines and so forth. Uh, man, if, uh, if you were watching this morning, I watched on game day, uh, done a little spe- uh, spot on Coach Saban. And, you know, it's just what he said, man. I'd have to agree with him. He uh, The way he treats it is, you know, it's a – it's a get-to job, not a got-to job. It's a job he gets to do, not that he's got to do. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it's it's inevitable, you know, you're going to lose at least 30% of your team every season. You're going to lose it to the NFL. So he starts over every team as if it was a job he was trying to get. And he coaches it, you know, like it's a new team and adjusts to it and make sure they win, you know. I'd have to agree with him, you know, the money and everything – that's for Miss Terry to take care of the home life and make sure he's got everything he needs. But he goes there to win, man. And uh, from what I've heard, uh, like I said, I've not watched the game yet, but I heard they had a pretty impressive day. Uh, young quarterback oh, yeah. setting school records already. So, but hey, man, enjoy your show. Just wanted to call in, and give that a little bit. I'll listen to you off the air. Roll Tide. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Millhouse. Yeah, Don't. you sh- you should feel good. <laughs> Don't. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, it's great. But, yeah, uh, you look at Alabama, and Nick Saban, he does have that energy all the time. You're constantly team building. You think of different head coaches and what that job can be. Sometimes it's you just catch the right wave. You get a couple of great players. They come together at the right time. They have a coach that fits. They have this year, two years, three years, where they go on a good run as a group together. And that's really all they've got. You know, for for the coach, he doesn't quite get the guys that fit him again. The league changes around him. Whatever it is, it's just things don't come together the same way. But they have that run. Saban, it's just again and again and again and again and again. He's just building monster team after monster team. First round pick after first round pick. And now he's doing it on both sides of the ball every single year. And it just gets to a point where I wonder... Can he get, I don't know, 22 players drafted in the first round? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds insane, but at some point it's like, I don't know, maybe anything's possible with this guy. I mean, really, anything is possible with Saban. It is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. It's crazy. But 855-212-4227. You can also join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. We go to John in Chicago. Hello, John. Hey, Vince, long time, first time, and here's what it took for me to get the call. Uh, I'm going back 25 years to when I'm 39 now. When I was in middle school in Batavia, Illinois, 
don't know if you heard of it, about 45 minutes west of Chicago. Anyway, uh, this dude who was like, he was like a man. Okay, we're talking seventh grade. This dude was had a mustache everything. We'd be sitting in the lunchroom. Back to your banana story. This is going to top that. Okay. He'd be sitting there eating an apple, all right? And he's eating an apple. Gets done. Think he's going to go throw, throw it in the garbage. Takes the core. Pop. Right right down his throat. Why? Finishes the whole core of the apple. And my friend looks at me, and he's like, well, that's saying something right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, whoa. I haven't even thought about that in probably 10 years, and you talking about the banana made me like, I got to call in. And tell yeah, well, well, thank you for sharing that, John. That is that is good information to have because he actually just got me thinking on something. So here's a, a, a thing that a friend of mine eats that he absolutely shouldn't. I don't know how he started this. He does it all the time. We've made fun of him for doing this for years because it makes no sense whatsoever. It has not stopped him. I have a friend that doesn't eat wings he eats the whole thing he doesn't eat the chicken he eats the bones too he eats the bones of chicken wings he swallows bits of Graceffo turned and like put his eyebrows up there that that surprised you didn't it how you choke i know he's like no you can like break them down and chill and like you could get them in these small bits you're swallowing splintered bone like for what cost is no, it's it, very unsafe. You should stop that. It's uh, it's yes. Also, why? Like, there's no. What is the taste? You can you know because for me, look, I've lost weight since I was a kid. Since I was in college, which is a rarity. I feel like not a lot of people lose weight from college, but uh, I, I did. I was one of those people. But as a former fat person, I used to, and I still do sometimes. I mean, if I'm hungry, like say I ordered, like. We split wings. I ordered five as an we order ten as an appetizer. I get five. She gets five, and I'll sit there and sometimes I'll eat all the wings. Then I'll go back and I'll like pick off. Oh, it's like oh, I missed this tiny little morsel. Let me just. Oh yeah, there we go. Like I just I'm, like I'm I'm a gross vulture sometimes with chicken wings. I just am, and I have never in my life considered. You know what if I just did the bone too? What if I just eat the whole bone? No. No, but he eats the bone. Like, why? I just, I have no idea. By the way, well, I, well, I have an update on the raw meat sandwiches. We are going to get back to that in a second. As uh, Will Levis of Kentucky's eating full bananas, and now sideline reporters are eating full bananas. Uh, we go to Eddie in Chicago first, though. What's up, Eddie? Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Today? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. I had to Google it because, uh, like, Curiosity and Google is my best friend, solves all <laughs> arguments. And I came up with Wisconsin eats it, go figure, and they call it a cannibal sandwich. Yes, that is it. That is okay. it, the cannibal sandwich. Thank you, Eddie. Hey, not a problem. Uh, I got to go Got to go back to work. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, there we go. He, he stopped what he was doing at work to find out where they eat raw meat sandwiches in America. Eddie... You deserve a raise. Now, <laughs> I knew it was somewhere in that area. So, yes, in Wisconsin, they eat cannibal sandwiches, which is just crazy. But also, now I found out about people eating apple cores, people eating the peel along with the banana. And I just told you about a friend of mine, like good friend of mine, who eats the bones of chicken wings. So, Suck on it. 
<laughs> he's going to. At some point, he's going to. It's it's completely crazy. Let's go to. Uh, Get in your mouth. Let's go to Daniel in South Carolina. What's up, Daniel? <laughs> Not much, man. I, I wish I had a, a better story to top yours with the chicken wings. That was pretty good. It's crazy. Um, uh, I mean, the, the best I've got is uh, my grandmother will eat the entire lemon and, uh, you know, grind it all. <laughs> That's probably okay. the best, best I've got. You know, like if we're on a boat or something, she gets seasick, then just, yeah. there goes the lemon. The whole lemon. Um, That's great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like them, dude, but I can't eat the rind. No. Uh, what I want to say is, first off, your summation of Chip Kelly was probably the best I've ever heard anyone ever give of him. People forget that he actually was successful until people figured him out. Yep. But, yeah, the, I'd give him two years. I'm a little bit more generous than you. I'd give him two years in Philly. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, that aside, the que- I actually have a question for you. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm calling from South Carolina. Um, we started a graduate assistant today, um, Zed Nolan, who actually played pretty well. I know we were against uh, Eastern Illinois, which, you know, I, I get the competition level. But I, uh, I just kind of wanted to ask you what your thoughts were regarding graduate assistants that can come and step in because of injuries. Well, yeah, and, and, and that's what a great question, that? Daniel. So let's do this because I'm about to hit a break, and I want to talk about this a little longer. It's a hard out. So I got to mm-hmm. run, but I'll talk about it on the other side. So uh, thanks for the question, and hang tight. So if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855 212 4227. You can also get in on Twitter, by the way. So you can find me on Twitter. If you don't know at this point, well, you never will. But you can find me at It's Vince Quinn. That's that's where you can find me at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. So coming up next, graduate assistants that are playing active football. And also, let's get into the Georgia Clemson game. We'll do that on the other side. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, and you know what time it is? It's officially the morning show. We've made it for the last time. For the not last time, show. it's it is a morning show. Still not. Uh, I hate that I have to do this again, but you understand that it is twelve o'clock in the morning. Thank you. All right, but in so, the parlance of our business, yeah, this is not a morning show. Well, it's it's hardly my business anymore. So frankly, I don't care. Um, <laughs> what, what does it matter? I'm le- I'm leaving. I got three hours left, and I'm out of here. Hey, management. Yeah, it's it, this has been a morning show. It will. There is no Wikipedia for me. I don't think. But if there was, I would claim it was a morning show. I would do that. <laughs> I'm really, pounding the desk over day parts. Yeah, I really wasted the opportunity to try to get a Wikipedia page in the two years I've been here. Wait, say it again. It, I, well, I, I, my tongue got like stuck to my face. The I wasted my opportunity to have a Wikipedia page made about me. I wasted that opportunity big you said time. Wikipedia, we, says yeah, it, it was like, like a like my face just got stuck. I I don't know what happened, <laughs> but so be it. Yeah, I could have had a Wikipedia page. I blew it, but either way. 
We have three hours left in the morning show. And if you want to hop aboard, we've been talking about people eating raw meat, banana peels, chicken bones, because people are crazy. Um, so, that is a disgusting act. It is. Apparently, in Wisconsin, they will, and, and this is from Twitter, where if you want to reach out, you, you can at uh, It's Vince Quinn. It's all one word on Twitter. So, Wisconsin is all about raw beef and onions. Christmas time, bars have parties where they offer raw beef, raw onions, rye bread, salt, and pepper. True story. Apparently. Which is something that I would be willing to try before I die. I I would try it. But I will also die five minutes later. So, (laughs) I will be choosing when I die when that happens. Isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, that's, that's the power of choice. But... I want to get into something crazy as well. It, it's not quite eating banana peels and, and eating just bananas whole, which again, like me and Graceffo were just, we spent the whole commercial break talking about it because it just, it's, it's so mind boggling that the quarterback of Kentucky is just like, yep. And then all these college sideline reporters are like, yep, let's, <laughs> let's just go for it. If you were the reporter for the game and yeah. they told you to eat the raw, to eat the banana peel, wouldn't you just say, you know what? This job is great and all, but I'm not doing that. No, I would eat it. You would eat it. Yeah, you would eat it. I would. Yes. For the inter- for the entertainment of whom? Everybody. N- no. Yes. No. I, I would. Would, I would say I like this job. Uh, I'm I'm not a clown. Uh, I'm not gonna eat the banana peel. See, you're proud that that's that's where we differ. I am a clown. Yeah, you, <laughs> I, you are a clown. I am a clown, and yeah. I would I would do it just to say that I've tried it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I approach a lot of different things. Almost everything. I'm willing to give it a shot within reason. You know? Like, I went into a place once. It was a taco place. And they had lamb heart tacos, which I was like, I don't know people eat that. I've never heard of that being a thing. But I looked at a menu. It said lamb heart tacos. I said, I'm never going to eat this again in my life. I will never have the opportunity, most likely. Let me get a lamb heart taco. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. That's what I did. It was a little tough. It was okay. Uh, I don't regret it. I, I'm not, like, interested in having it again, necessarily. It's, you know. I'm sure that I eat things that are worse for me from reputable places. Like Australian the, licorice? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> delicious. You should try it. Uh, but, yeah, I still would not eat the lamb heart taco. Yeah, see, I, w- I tried it. I just wanted to try it. I've tried cricket before. Like fried crickets, I've had that. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've had it. Um, so I would, if I was a sideline reporter and they said, "Hey, you're doing the Kentucky game, and their quarterback ate a full banana, and that includes the peel," I'd be like, "All right, yeah, like let's let's just go for I'd be it." Like, no, let's see what happens. No, I'm not doing Why it. Why not? It, it would be. A, I would find, figure it's going to be bad. Find someone else. I don't know if I'd be able to swallow it. You know what I mean? Like to get like a banana peel is rubbery. It's like a big. Fat, rubbery, and then you get the inside of the peel because, like, bananas are delicious. It's a, it's a great fruit. It's a top five fruit. We're going to power rank fruits for the rest of the show. That's all we're going to do. Um, but great. when you <laughs> – it's quality sports talk radio, Graceffo. Come on. Um, but that it, you get that, like, stringy part on the inside of the banana peel. Yeah, another thing that turns me off about bananas. You just pick that off. I, no. Yeah. It's just weird. It's it's fruit like it's a it it came off a tree somewhere in another country like you just yeah it's fine you just pick it off and you I'll go the, I'll stick to the frozen pizza all right there you go there you go that's a fruit uh, <laughs> there's fruits on the frozen pizza are there I mean remnants of tomato fruit 
Yeah. That, it's going back and forth with tomatoes, by the way. There's been times where it was classified as vegetable, and they were like, no, it's, it looks like a fruit, but trust us, it's a vegetable. And then they're like, actually, we were wrong. It's a fruit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's been, the mo- that's been very confounding for a long time. Yeah, they, I think they gave up that game like 10, 15 years ago. But, doesn't get any better than that. No, it's, uh, well, it does. Uh, tomatoes are okay. But anyway, all of this, all of this insanity uh, is totally sidetracking us from something <laughs> that I wanted to get to. In, uh, now, if I eat a cheeseburger with tomato <laughs> on it, does it count as eating fruit? I guess yes. You are eating fruit if you have a if you have See, a tomato. There you go. I win. There you go. Yeah, I. <laughs> that's the only fruit you're having. I don't know if you win. You don't completely lose. Is I think how we classify. <laughs> you know what? We're still on the subject. Let's go to Mike in Wisconsin. We're going to the source here. Hello, Mike. Hello. What's going on? Um, I grew up. Uh, I'm 59 years old, and I grew up probably from the age of uh, six or seven on eating cannibal sandwiches, and I still do it every once in a while to this day. You still do. So what does your cannibal sandwich look like, Mike? It just, it's, a, it's a little, it's a specialized piece of rye bread, and then you put some butter on it, you put raw onions on it, you put ground sirloin is what you should use, hmm. and then pepper and salt, and then you just eat it. Uh, now, melted butter, are you spreading nope. the butter? You spread the butter just like on like a regular piece of bread. But okay. It's, it's, a, it's just a rye bread. But I've been eating that for um, years, and I just I love it. Wow! We used to, I, I own a small bar, and it's uh, we used to be able to put it out for like Packer games and parties and that. And then about 15 years ago, the health department came in and said, uh, "No longer are you allowed to serve that." Well, yeah, that's that was the thing that I was literally <laughs> about to ask you next. So that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. Do you just yeah, offer they, like cheeseburgers that are super raw? You know what I mean? I. And that's what, that's how I eat them, and I have customers that also eat them like that. But it's funny because she came in and said, I won't be going around to bars looking to close them down for serving raw hamburger. But if I was in there, I would tell you to throw it out. Yeah. So you couldn't place it. But, yeah, I've been I've been eating those ever since I was a kid. I love them. Wow. There you go. So right from so, the source. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. So look, look at that. There you go. Now, we've learned so much tonight. Um, and yet nothing at all. But... <laughs> This is how I want to go out, honestly. Like, there's no better way for me to leave my nationally syndicated sports talk radio career than to spend my time talking about eating bananas whole. Well, thank God the Kentucky quarterback ate the banana whole. Thank God. I mean, nothing else happened in college football, clearly. In the start of the college football season, with all these big games, like... You, we haven't even talked about Georgia and Clemson yet. We haven't said a word about it, but we've spent about 25 minutes talking about eating foods you shouldn't eat. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to say anything to us, so what does it matter? Well, even if they do, it, what does it matter? I'm gone. This is my last show. It doesn't It doesn't matter. There are no rules anymore, Graceffo. That is all that matters. There are no rules. Well, there haven't been rules for a long time here. Uh, well... We've operated that way, that's for sure. Now, okay, let's let's do this because I, I do like this story a lot. Right? Is you had a graduate assistant, so a coach essentially that was playing quarterback for South Carolina today. That's a big program. That is a notable school. There are great players that have come out of South Carolina. Jadavian Clowney, for example. Number one pick in the draft, or if he wasn't, he was like right there. Just completely ridiculous, out of this world, generational talent. He came out of South Carolina, Steve Spurrier and his history, all this different stuff. Like, that is a big school. And 
They had a graduate assistant that started at quarterback. His name's Zeb Noland, and he has played quarterback. It's not like they just grabbed somebody. They're like, oh, uh, I don't know. You're the quarterback's coach. Get in there. And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know? So he has played quarterback. He transferred from a couple of different places. Now he was a graduate assistant. He had a year of eligibility left. And they had an injury at quarterback. And they were like, hey, well, uh, you are an experienced veteran of the college game. You've played quarterback. How about you suit up and just play for us and be a player coach, essentially? And he was like, yeah. So how awesome of an opportunity is that? And obviously, this is about as good as it can go for college football. Like, allow this as much as you can, you know, for teams to consider this. Do it as much as you can. Let them be player coaches. It's good for the sport. It's good for the game, right? They won 46 nothing today. A team with a graduate assistant starting at quarterback won 46 to nothing. That's awesome. Like, we had that guy, uh, I forget his name, but there was that emergency goalie that stepped in I think he had a 3 nothing lead, and he held on to it. The guy was like, I mean, God knows what he was doing. Because NHL emergency goalies, some of those people, they're not with the organization. It's like, oh, I'm an accountant down the street, but I'm available if they need me. And they never need you. But they needed the guy, and he came in, and he won a game. And it was like the coolest story ever. I was working here when that happened, so at some point in the last two years. But that was incredible. That's That is exciting. That is fun. That is a... Beautiful human triumph. You know, that's what sports are about. It's not just the games and the plays. It's the stories. It's the people, isn't it? Like, that's part of what makes all of this so much fun. You like certain players. You root for certain people. You hate certain people. You want to see them lose. It's fun. Find out that the guy's a graduate assistant. He thinks his career is over. And then he's suddenly playing for one of the bigger programs in America and he wins the game as he's supposed to be a coach, good for him. What a moment. What a game. Even though it was 46-0, what a game. It's amazing. So I love that that happened. I'm glad they allowed it. And for situations like this, if you have eligibility, yeah, let them go. Let them play. Who cares? It's good for everybody. So 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show at some point. Eventually, we will talk about Georgia and Clemson. I do want to do it. It was a great game. Well, it was a fascinating game, we'll say. But I, I really want to get to that. We'll do that in a minute. First, let's go to Joe in Philly. What's up, Joe? Vince, thank you for taking my call, man. I hope you're having a good night. I uh, I don't like to call a lot of national sports talk just because I get a little nervous. But you're talking about this banana peel uh, business, and I couldn't, I couldn't help. Okay, so here's the deal. When I, you're the type of guy you were talking earlier about taking, like a, a you, you're gonna put a price on it. I'll eat a banana with the peel for a certain amount of money. <laughs> don't just, just don't, don't do it because I did that when I was, I think, 11 or 12 years old back in like middle school. Really? And yes, yes, I can tell you firsthand experience. The peel of a banana has like this silica gel effect in your mouth where it just sucks all the moisture out of your mouth and it feels like you're chewing on sawdust. And 
it's kind of terrifying. So no matter the amount of money that someone's going to offer to tell you to do it, I'm going to beg you to not do it because it was like, I, this is what 15, 20 years ago now. And I, yeah. so I, I had to bring it up. Well, um, yeah. And for what it's worth, I'm not planning on doing it. You know, luckily I'm not a sideline reporter covering Kentucky or anything like that. So the moment has come and gone. Uh, I don't think anybody is interested in paying me money to do it. So I think we've dodged a bullet here, Joe. Yeah, okay. I, I hope you did. And, uh, yeah, definitely don't if the opportunity presents itself. I found out tonight that, you know, this is your last uh, night doing national. I followed you on your local socials. So I look forward to hearing whatever else you have to offer. And then uh, on my way out, as an Eagles fan myself, uh, I heard you say something about a Super Bowl win earlier. I don't know if that was just you trying to be funny or. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll say this, Joe. One. I want some hope. I want some hope on the way out. Well, yes. Let me. Uh, well, here's all sorts of hope, Joe. One. I'm hosting an Eagles podcast this year with a Mr. John Barchard, which might mean something to you. And uh, the show is great. It's called Bell and the Birdman, and that's part of the reason why I'm leaving this job. So plenty of Eagles conversation coming up very soon. Uh, in fact, the show's already going. We're three episodes in, so you can check that out. But. Eagles have a great chance to win the division this year. Everyone's counting them out. Tony Romo's a believer, which tells you enough. That's a cowboy. It's telling you the Eagles can do it. I believe the Eagles can win this division. The division stinks. People don't want to believe it. On the, It's a paper tiger in a lot of different ways. So I'm optimistic in that way. Super Bowl next year, it's, it's a long, nuanced argument, and I don't feel like making it here. I will certainly make it on the Eagles show, and you can check it out there. Just hit me up on Twitter, and I'll go through the whole thing that way. All right, and there he goes. So there you have it. Thank you, Joe, for the call. If you want to get in, 855-212-4227. Get it while it's hot, baby, because in two hours and 45 minutes, this show is going in the trash. It is gone. It is over. It is getting hauled off to the dumpster, never to be heard or seen from again. Vince Quinn on CBS Radio no longer exists. I am out of here. Luckily, it is as much as I'm calling it garbage and being thrown in the trash, I was not fired. I decided to walk away of my own volition. Uh, We can get more into that story later, but I am walking away. So last chance to get in. This is it. It's tonight. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I want to talk about a just very incredibly uncomfortable, awkward situation going on in Indianapolis with the Colts. Now, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, next Saturday at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, college football returns to CBS with a game between two armed forces on a day we'll never forget when Air Force meets Navy. Get set for the action beginning at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific with the Mercedes-Benz College Football Tribute followed at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific by State Farm College Football Today. College football returns next Saturday on CBS. I will not return next Saturday on CBS. I'm done. This is it. This is my last show that I'm doing on CBS Sports Radio. This is not a joke. This is not a bit. I'm trying to tell you this so you know. I want to let you know. I mentioned this last week. I put it out on Twitter. I'm done. And uh, why is that, I guess, is is something that you might be asking. So, 
just to give you a little rundown of what's going on with me is I run a podcasting company. And what that means is I run a studio located right outside of Philly. And we have different shows that come in. And they're all people who make their own stuff. They're, they're totally independent. And they just want a place to record. They want somebody to give them feedback on the show, help them get better, find new ways to promote it, whatever it is. And that's what I do. I provide that space to people. And so people have been coming in. The shows have been getting better. It's getting me access to new people, new clients. Um, I'm building my own shows now, including a show that I'm doing about the Philadelphia Eagles. And so we just have a lot of different things going on with this place. And so it got to a point where as much as I love this, and if you listen to the show, you pay attention to anything I've been doing here. I love this. This is fun. To say that I get paid to show up and just be a complete idiot. We spent the first hour and 20 minutes of the show talking about eating banana peels tonight. Like, that's that's what we've done. There's been sports talk mixed in. But that's been a large chunk of the show. That and raw meat sandwiches has been a part of the show tonight. Like, I love doing this. I do. But at some point, I I had to look myself in the mirror and tell myself that I had to make a commitment. I had to make a commitment one way or the other. And with the business being what it is and where it's going and how confident I am in all of that, as much as I love doing this, I got to walk away. I just have to. And I know I'm going to miss this. There's there's no doubt about it. But it's it's a choice I had to make. And so, yeah, this, this is my last night. This is my last night here. There's going to be other ways you can hear me. There's going to be other ways you can check me out. Not going to be quite the same, but I'm still doing shows. I'll still be helping other people build their shows. Hell, I can help you with your show. If you got a podcast and you want help on it, hit me up. Hit me up. It's easy. Uh, it's Vince Quinn on Twitter. You can just DM me, or you can go to the website for my studio, and we work with people anywhere. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in Iowa, Oregon, California. You're in Mexico. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter anymore. If you want help on a show, you got a podcast going, Hit me up, lastoutmedia.com. That's where you can go. That's the name of the studio, Last Out Media. So lastoutmedia.com, that's where I'm going to be. So this is my last night here at CBS. And if you want to hop in, 855-212-4227. I'd love to talk with you. But we've, well, what I wanted to get into here was Carson Wentz. Because I don't know if you saw this. Carson Wentz is somebody that's had one of the strangest careers that you've ever seen. Honestly, any sport. I will put Carson Wentz up against most people for bizarre careers. He comes into the NFL. The Eagles trade up. He's the number two pick in the draft. Rookie year, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's fun. He makes like all these, you know, really electric plays, but the team's not that great. Next year... He's playing like an MVP. The team is rolling. They're the one seed in the NFC. He tears his ACL. His backup quarterback, who generally stunk uh, just as a player in Nick Foles, goes on a hot streak that's never been seen before and wins the Super Bowl with his team. Then dealing with some insecurities of the quarterback drama and injuries along the way. Carson Wentz gets shipped out of Philadelphia eventually and goes to the Indianapolis Colts. So now you've got a guy with 
a little bit of a bruised ego. He's got the injury history to go with that. And he's trying to restart his career in Indianapolis. Perfect place for him to be. Frank Reich, who incredibly valuable to that Eagles Super Bowl run. Incredibly valuable. He's the guy that worked with Wentz. So what better place to be? But Wentz, as soon as he gets over to the Colts, he does get injured in training camp. So he missed a little bit of time there. And there was a thought initially it could have been up to 12 weeks. Like, it was a scary, concerning injury. But he's recovered well. Okay, great. So he just missed a little bit of time, and now he's back and he's practicing. But he's also not vaccinated. So you've got a guy that's had a bit of a tenuous situation anyway. His career has not gone how anybody thought it would. And as much as he's generally not available anyway, just from normal football reasons, now you've got COVID stuff to go with that. Also, the general manager that just traded for him said that being vaccinated absolutely matters when it comes to the roster. That's not the exact quote, but it's generally the vibe. That was the overall sentiment of what he said. Being vaccinated matters. He just traded for Carson Wentz. And Wentz is like, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the protocols and it's keeping me up at night and and all this different stuff. And he's saying, hey, I'm still looking into it. And this is something that it's an honest question. I mean, I I really mean this as sincerely and, and fairly as I possibly can ask this. For people like that at this point that are in the NFL, how much work are you actually doing to to get those answers, right? Like, you have every medical opinion that you could possibly want at your fingertips. You're a player in the NFL. You're dealing with the biggest industry in America, okay? that That is where you work. If you have questions about a vaccine that is being distributed to millions in this country, And has been for, what, nine months? Seven months? It's been a long time. I just don't know how you don't have the opinion. I don't understand how you get to this point now with all the potential to find those answers, to talk with doctors, to talk with anybody that you want. If you've done your research at this point, And you just say, I've talked to a bunch of people and I'm not convinced and I'm not going to take it. I can understand that. I don't agree with you, but I can understand it. You came to that decision. That's fine. But to be at this point and say, I'm still looking for answers. That's the thing that bothers me. Because at this point, when you're especially, again, with all of the resources that you have as a professional player. You have all the time in the world to make that decision and do the research. Do you actually care about doing the research? Have you thought about doing the research? Did you do a little bit of it and it just made your head hurt because you're just like, there's all these terms and I like percentages and it's just, I hate math and whatever and you just, you, you can't focus. I don't know what it is, but to be nine months in, unless it's just they don't want to get it, they, they've decided they won't get it and they don't want to admit that publicly. If that's the case, I guess I've just missed that. But to say it nine months in, like Wentz has and other athletes have, 
that you're still making a decision. You're not trying to find the answer. And not looking for the answer is not doing your research, ignoring the search, putting off the search when it affects your team, when it affects you, the games that you're available for. It affects your career. And let's be honest, there's social stuff that's baked into this too, the dynamics of a locker room. Is it a surprise to anybody that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 100% vaccinated? Because it sure as hell isn't to me. It's obvious. You have Tom Brady. You brought every player back from a Super Bowl winning roster. You brought all 22 starters back. You're trying to repeat. They should repeat. They are the best team in the NFL right now. They are all in. They made that decision because God forbid somebody on that team didn't. How do you think Tom Brady handles that? How do you think all these other guys... Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Shaq, uh, Shaq Barrett, like all these different people. How, how do they handle? So that's what I wonder about. Like Tampa Bay made it obvious that they care about winning. They went all in on it and they decided to get vaccinated. If they didn't, there would have been repercussions. There, there are locker room dynamics at play here. They're trying to win. You need to be as available as you can be. Wentz has decided, I would assume, because again, he's had nine months to figure this out. He's got every resource available. He can call anybody in the country. He can get anybody that works in the organization to connect him to anybody in the country. He's got those resources. He hasn't done it yet. So if you want to do fact-finding, fine. I don't I don't begrudge anybody on fact-finding. Talk to people that are professionals. Talk to people that study it. Talk to people that live in that world. I'm sorry. YouTube videos do not count unless they are professionals that are talking in those videos. People that study this for a living can tell you how it actually works. And if you do that research and you talk to professionals and they tell you, you don't need to take the vaccine or it's bad for you or whatever they say, you've done your research, you've talked to professionals, you got that opinion, and that's the choice you made. Okay. But after nine months... To say you're still doing fact-finding, it's either lazy or disingenuous or or both. Have an answer. At this point, with your status, have an answer. That's what bothers me. And I would imagine for Chris Ballard, who again just traded for this guy, it's got to bother him too. Clearly. So it's a bit of a mess there. And if you want to talk about it, 855-212-4227, that's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. Just to get back to your thing on the Bucks. Yeah. There were multiple guys who said, I'm not going to do it. And the most notable guy I can remember was Leonard Fournette. Fournette said, I'm not going to do it. I don't feel comfortable doing it. One way or another, somebody got to Fournette. If it was Brady, and this is all a good thing that they got to this guy. D- do what's best for everyone around you, including yourself. For guys like Fournette and Ryan Tannehill, who was another guy who said, you know what, I really don't want to take it, but for the good of the other 52 people, I'm going to take it, which is what should be pre- which which is what should be like put out through society. That's the idea that society should be focused on, is that I don't really want to do this, but for whatever reason, I don't want to wear a mask anymore in certain situations, or I want to be you know thoughtful of the people around me. 
these guys ended up making the right decision. Now, if you're Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins or whomever, even if you're Cam Newton, it just cost Cam Newton his job. It did. Theoretically. Yeah. Like, no one's going to admit that, but let's just call a spade a spade. It probably cost Cam Newton his job. So just do it. For the right reasons, for the wrong reasons, if you don't want to do it, that's up to you. Just know you're harming others, you're putting others at risk, and honestly, if you're an NFL player, and a quarterback especially, if you're okay with putting others at risk, you just don't care. You don't care enough. Like, that's the bottom. Like, you don't care enough to win. Period. And that's how players on the Colts are probably looking at it. So, yeah, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Steve in Alabama. What's up, Steve? Yes, you were asking earlier about the last time Clemson lost week one. Yeah. It was 2008. They were ranked number nine, and ironically, they were beaten by an unranked Alabama team. Wow. (laughs) Julio Jones, first game. Oh, no way. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. That's a that's a good little fact there, Steve. Thank you for uh, for dropping that little bit of information there. There you go. That's the first time, or that's the last time the Clemson lost a game week one. So it's been 12 years. Doesn't happen all that much. So, yeah, anyway. Um, I know we just covered a lot of ground there. Side note with all this, by the way, just an additional note. Urban Meyer came out directly and was like, yeah, we... We we got rid of guys because they weren't vaccinated. Like, that was a matter. That was his big deal. And now Urban Meyer has the NFLPA going through emails and texts and all this and calls and all this stuff. Like, yeah. did you really need this distraction because you couldn't, like, shut up? Well, that's the thing. He stated what everybody is thinking but not supposed to say. And it's funny because there's a lot of people that have done that. Uh, a GM for The GM for the Bills did it. Then you have Ballard insinuate all of that pretty strongly. Urban Meyer just comes out right and says it. Like, all these teams are looking at it. It matters to them. They made cuts. 93% of the league is vaccinated right now. 93. So that tells you where it's all at. Now, anyway, 855-212-4227. You can also join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. When we come back, the folly of toilet breaks. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, crashing into a wall at 80 miles per hour and going down in a ball of flames. It is The Vince Quinn Show for one last time here on CBS Sports Radio until we pack it up for good. And if you want to get in in these last two hours, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. We're coming to you live from... The Rocket Mortgage Studios need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family. Rocket can. Now, some little story that it just brings a, a warmth to my heart. There was controversy in tennis this week with bathroom breaks. <laughs> there was controversy for taking too long in a bathroom break. Yeah, and, and that might have been. Who knows? He said he was just changing, but... 
Yeah, could be. I mean, sometimes it takes a while. It is not always, you'd like it to be a speedy process, unless, you know, you get distracted and you're on your phone for a little bit or you're taking some time off from work or whatever. But generally, you don't want to be sitting in there and just having a time. You're not just hanging out. It's not like, man, you know what I wish I was doing right now? Wish I was just dropping a sweet deuce. That's, He's got a big rear end. Yeah, I well, if, if it fits on the seat, if it's a tiny, you know, if it's a tiny seat, it's not that comfortable. But if it's a big seat. Yeah, you might you might just sit there and relax. But all the same, it, it's just so funny to see a controversy about taking so much time on that. Like, how do you legislate the length of time on a bathroom break? Fat ass. You can't do it. You can't do it. It's it's one of those things that you just you don't know. You can't rush the person out of the bathroom. You can't do it. You can't do it, Graceffo. Uh, generally, I agree with you, but these are rules that the that they've set. But they they set the rule with an unspecified. I think they just say quote reasonable amount of time. And and again, like the idea of, you know, these guys are allowed to take their phone to the bathroom, which is a major problem. Well, yeah, they shouldn't be able to do that. Right. So they're probably texting a coach in the stands while they're in the bathroom, which is, you know, which is not in the spirit of, you know, what the break is for. Well, and if you're doing that, then yes, go after But them. again, who, how would you ever prove that? Well, <laughs> that's the thing, right? You can't put cameras in the bathroom. So unless you could put it on the, I don't know, you'd have to put the phone somewhere like isolated in the locker room. But, I you know, know. Say, you're, say you're playing in a tennis major. The great athlete that Which, you are. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I would say fantastic. And athlete. you're, you know, you're up, you're up a set, and the guy, and the guy you're playing decides to just walk away for 15 minutes. You know, uh, sports has a little thing called momentum. I don't, I don't know, if we, I don't yes. know if we believe it's still a thing in certain sports with with all of the equations that we do in certain sports. But sports does have a thing called momentum. Uh, and if it were me or you or any professional athlete, not that we are. Like, under any circumstances. Oh, we, we should be. Come we, on. We are. But, like, you're in a competition. You're trying to, you're, you know, you don't want to be taken off your game because somebody decided to walk away for 15 minutes with some Fugazi bathroom break <laughs> while they're texting their, while they're probably texting their coach in the stall. Now, okay, here's, here's a weird question. Are microphones legal in a bathroom? I would say probably not. Because cameras, I get. Oh, you do get cameras. Good for you. I, I don't put them there. I understand. No, I'm glad that you understand illegal. that yes. cameras in a bathroom okay. are not a good idea. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to have people. Good job. Yes. So I understand why they are illegal. That is good. I support that. But microphones. Yeah, again, no. You need a sense of privacy while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Because, all right, if the problem is that people are going in there and texting, then... I don't know. You'd it'd just be a way to monitor activity, if you will. If you could just, you know, if you'd hear the uh, the actions of the action, if you know what I mean, and you would have some idea of whether or not they're actually using it for the purpose they should be. Right, using you have the break no for. idea what they're doing. No, no. So they could easily be doing that. So that's the problem. Or I don't know. You could just have somebody be like, "Hey, where's the like quick pat, pat, pat?" I mean, they're just wearing a t-shirt and shorts. So couldn't you just be like, all right, you got your phone. Let me just like quick this that. All right, you're on your well, way. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not insinuating that that's what they're doing, but it's a possibility. It is a possibility. So that's that's the only thing I can think of. But otherwise, and you're telling me there's no way that like there's somebody associated with the player in the bath like get like telling them something. 
I don't know. I don't know what works. I don't understand the intimate uh, workings of tennis But again, tennis you ever bathrooms. watch one of these tennis matches? The breaks they take are insanely long. Well, some, some of these guys. Sometimes. When sometimes. When they're t- but, but, like, I guarantee you nine times out of ten, you're, they're not doing what you think. <laughs> they're probably not. Two times out of ten. Uh... <laughs> they're probably not doing what you think they're doing. They're probably talking to, like, someone they're associated with, someone on on their coaching staff in some sort of way. Yeah, and if, if that's, like, a, an obvious tennis thing that I don't understand, then maybe I'm just wrong on this. But I read that, like, there's all this hubbub. And it always happens when a guy loses a set. Isn't that amazing? How the guy always takes a break after he loses a set. It's never the guy who wins the set Yeah, that takes the break. It's, ne- it's never that guy. Well, that is that is a peculiar thing, right? Because you think at some point it'd be like, I don't care how good I'm playing right now. I got to go. You know what I mean? Like, Well, if, I mean, you know, if you're talking like we're playing for four hours, then yeah, I could understand yeah, that. Yeah, you're playing but tennis especially. Almost never. Is it the, like, say they just finish a set. It's ne- it's almost never the guy who just won. Almost never. It's so weird. Like, at some point, I, I don't know how this happens with other sports either. I just feel like at some point it, it'd be like, all right, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's coming off the field on second down. We're not quite sure what's happening here, folks. Uh, well, yeah, we never, we, again, we never know that. Right. So, like, in other sports, we never know that this happens. Yeah. But, like, you, you know, it's just the two of you there with the giant crowd around you and the chair umpire, and everybody knows that you're leaving. Everybody knows, So everybody knows that, well, you know, everybody knows what they we think you're doing. Yeah. But they're probably not. If you got to pat them down for the phone, I guess I get that. Well, I mean, you know, there's no way. To, I don't think there's any way you could hide a phone on your person there. But exactly. I mean, there's, but like, you're telling me there's no way somebody can get the a phone to them. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It's like some Liam Neeson movie where it's like the phone is duct taped underneath like, the toilet wa- tank. Are we watching these guys 24 seven as they're going through the hallway to the bathroom? Probably well, not. In, in this case, you probably should. Right? It's only two people. Like, if you're a multi-million dollar tennis event, can't you watch two people? Can't you monitor two people going number two? Can't you do that? Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, at some point, I mean. But but to take, you should be able like, to watch that. To take that. 15 minutes in the middle of a tennis match to just, you know, do whatever you want, that's not what the spirit is for. Like, that's not that's not what, what everybody mutually agreed upon. You could say it messes with the... Flow of the game? Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Good. Great. Uh, there. Awesome. <laughs> and that is why it's my last show. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was such a weird topic. I was like, I can't believe that this is like... And it's funny, too, because it's tennis. No, but these players should get mad, and they do. Like, the guy, like legitimately, like, Andy Murray was legitimately mad the other day, and he should be. No, it's it's fine. If if something untoward is going on, then fine. Be mad about it. But it's Like, just, he literally yelled at the chair umpire, I've never taken this long in the toilet, ever. Oh, well, then, uh, he's never had the meals that I've had. But, and credit to him, but... <laughs> I'll say this. It, part of it's just funny because it's tennis. Tennis is such a, like, proper, high society, people wearing white, and then you've got these people <laughs> arguing and yelling about bathroom breaks. I think it's hysterical. So on some level, it is absolutely hilarious. But anyway, 855-212-4227 is how you join the show. We go to Robbie in 
Lake Success, which is a great name. Hello, Robbie. How you doing, Vince? Let me tell you, we're part of Long Island over here. It's part of the Great Nick area. You know, people don't know what Lake Success is. It's uh. you know, Lake Success is you know, Great Nick is made up of like ten towns out here. You know, Kings Kings Point, Thomason, and we're just one of the little towns that we're like a ten mile town. Great Nick, it's it's tremendous. So um, uh, just to let you know where it actually is. All right, you know, the location. I had a call you. I heard you last night, and I've never heard you. And I've been calling the state. I'm 60 years old. I've been calling, you know, the other station across the hall since 1987. Yeah. I remember day one when they opened up on January, I mean, July 1, 1987, okay? I, I was in school, okay? But my question, which my point is, number one, I heard you yesterday, and I think you're tremendous. And the fact that you're leaving this, you know, this, this, this they're saying it's your last show ever, I mean, I think it's I, I think it's a shame, and you know you say the last show. You know I hate I would hate to say your last because you never know things change in life. You might want to turn around and come back and always leave doors open. And I wish you a lot of things. I didn't call you really to wish. I mean I, I did call you to wish you success because I think that's what I want to see that happen to anybody in life. And yeah. Move on in life and, and and make better themselves and make themselves happy. And I guess. What prompted me number one because I think you're tremendous. I really do. I, I can't believe you want to leave this because you're doing a job. You're just talking sports. You're well, talking I know. Sports, I, I can't believe like, it either, Robbie. Now, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, okay? Because there's a there's a little bit more to this. One, uh, I've talked with management here at CBS Sports Radio. They have left the door open for okay. me, so we've yeah, had. Be back, so we've had good conversations there. We we've we've been on good terms. The other thing is I'm still connected to WIP in Philly. So I, I like I'm a you know, I just pop in once in a while when they need a guy and I'm not busy. So I'm still like I'll still exist on the radio kinda sorta. But yeah, it's for now it's gonna be a mostly podcast. That's just well, where I'm gonna be. What? I, I, whatever you're doing, listen, I'm a, I am I'm a physician in my whole life and, and I think this is a this is a goof, man. I mean I've done great talk I've done my own radio shows on Long Island and, and it's fun. I mean I could talk to you for the, we could do the show the whole night, the rest of the night. Oh, I believe it. Your energy's you, great. You guys are a little different. You guys versus on the other side, more talk. You guys have your own agenda. You like to do your own monologue for half an hour and smash, throw in a call here and there. I I, I, I kinda get that that's how it appears to me. I don't know you're doing a national show and you know, I I, I think it's great, but I wish a lot of, but here, but here's what, what prompted me to call. Okay, you brought me an amazing topic last night because I listen to another show on the other station, Rick Wolf, who talks uh, amateur sports and youth sports. Okay, and you were talking about how the NCAA has completely changed uh, now that the athletes are going to be getting, you know, get, getting paid. And, and, and number one, I think you also said that it's a good thing. I am of I'm of the school, the old school. I was a college athlete. I ran track locally here. Uh, I still am competing for the Boston Marathon every year. I still run it every single year, and I believe in amateurism. When you're a college scholarship athlete, you get I got a full ride. Yeah, I was basically paid, you know, to run, okay, and, and, and show up to practice and compete for my college, and that was my job. And I got a nice education for free. All right, these these kids are getting nowadays sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year in their schools, a, a top Division One school. So they've got, got to say they're getting a quarter of a million dollars of a free ride education to play sports. Okay, do I think you know it's going to change the dynamics tremendously? And I don't think it's a very good thing. Well, here's the thing, Robbie. Here, here's the issue that I've got with your opinion. Here is. 
you got to consider, yes, for, for track athletes or even students. I mean, there are just regular students that just happen to be very smart. They're like, yes, we want to give you a full ride to, to be a student here. But what these kids do, especially when you're playing football. And you're going to say, you know what you're going to say? You're going to say, well, they're making money for the institution. Yes. And the, and the boosters are paying all this money. Yes. But here's the point. You know what I know. One out of every thousand college athletes, college athletes, are going to make a professional team. And you know how hard it is to get to be a college athlete? One out of every thousand maybe high school athletes are going to be playing college ball at any D3 or above level. So you're talking about such a small, small fraction. You but those are the Ohio ones that are going to get paid. You know what I mean? Like the bigger programs with the best kids are going to get those, paid more. But here's the thing. They're getting a 70000 a year scholarship. That is, I'm paying for my daughter to go to college now. She's not getting a 70000 She's a bright girl. Well, yeah, but, but also college shouldn't cost you $70,000 either. Well, that's a whole other point. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's another thing. You want to go to Ohio State or UCLA, this is what it's going to cost these kids to go to these institutions unless they get some type of stipend or scholarship, I mean, and loans. Okay, but, but, point, but Robbie, but, if, you're, if you were a college athlete today and you were going to Ohio State and playing football or some average school and playing football, would you want to get paid if you were making money you know for what? the university? I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But now you're going to, first of all, out of all those athletes, you're talking about one or two guys, the Ohio State court. You said that, and, and I'm not knocking you. You're right. The Ohio State quarterback. He's one guy at, at a Big Ten institution. One of the That's almost like a pro-level. He's going to be the pros anyway. Yes, which is why he's worth all the money that he's getting. He's right. a big-name player with big-name contracts and the, the TV deals and everything. And yes. That, but you know what? You're right. Okay. But but then let's get to, get to the next level. What about the high school kids? They're 17. They're a minor. I mean, how many high school kids who are basically tweeting and, and, and talking to their friends all day long, and, 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 and they're now potentially going to be making money. I mean, it's, it's getting – I call it the if wild, wild west. It. It's ludicrous what's basically happening. Vince, I, you know what? We can discuss this. This is, this is but it, And it's going to cause so many future problems in, in, in high school sports, travel teams. I mean, you know. Oh, it is. It's going to cause problems, but if you're worth money, you should get paid what you're worth or make the most of your value while you have it. Okay, so what you're, so what you're basically saying is then that, uh, that, that 250000 uh, year or a four-year uh, scholarship is, is not a big deal. You don't think a quarter well, of a million Well, no, because dollars, they give it to other like- people. And for a lot of these people, I mean, these players that are getting those kinds of deals, the, the full rides plus the money that's going with it, they are universities that are selling tickets, selling jerseys, TV deals. Now you're getting streaming deals, radio deals. You have so many different things that are bringing in money, and it's because you know of those those quality caliber students that they're you know recruiting. What? I, I hear what you say. What, what's your? And it makes it makes it make it's just going to change the dynamics of of, of am, more Well, yes, it is, but they're not amateurs, Robbie. And I got to run. I really do. I appreciate everything. You've been so nice, and it's it's a hilarious tragedy that you love the show. You found out about me yesterday, and now I'm gone. But I, well, and, and, I, I hopefully I'll, you'll resurface. <laughs> well, we'll see. I and I appreciate it again. But they're not amateurs. That's the thing. High level college athletes are not amateurs. They're on television. They sell out seventy thousand, hundred thousand person stadiums. You can call them amateurs. It's not true.
They're not amateurs. They are they are the same as professionals. It's a minor league. Again, I've told you this before. When they play the NCAA tournament, the freaking ladder is sponsored that they use to cut down the net. Yes. The freaking ladder. So you tell me we can't spare any money to give to these people to make off of their own name, but we can sponsor the freaking ladder. And and you know what the other thing is, too? They're not getting paid revenue from ticket sales and all nothing, that stuff. Nothing. No. Nothing. They're, nothing, they're not nothing. making any and of that money. you know what money. was great? You know who I saw in a Dr. Pepper commercial today? DJ Ui Ungalale. That's great. Good for him. Good for him. He deserves it. You know why? Because he, as the Clemson quarterback, allows the women's soccer team, allows the women's volleyball team, allows the baseball team, the softball team, to exist. The other athletes would not exist without the high-profile college basketball player, college football player. So they deserve whatever they get. Imagine, again, you're an athlete. You see somebody wearing your jersey, doesn't have your name on the back for all this time. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa had their jerseys in the stands with their, without their name on the back. But everybody knew it was their jersey. That's why and, they bought it. What? But they got nothing. They got absolutely nothing for their name and their number and their colors. Yes. Imagine be like imagine supporting the system where you made this place money. You made them gobs of money. Joe Burrow got LSU so much money in a year that like they they'll have it for grand they'll have it for people's grandchildren. Just off of one year, Joe Burrow got them all oh, that. Yeah. Like, oh, there's no Joe doubt. Burrow was the most popular college football player since, like, Reggie Bush. He was the most popular college football player. He had the most unbelievable year and got nothing. Except, you know, a trip to Cincinnati. Which, again, is nice, but it's Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. But, like, being in the stands, seeing your jersey, knowing it's your jersey, but there's no name on the back, you get nothing. It's ridiculous. And, and, like, just let it end. You had you had this on lock for a century. It's over. You got to live for free for a century. If you you got to go off of the joke of amateurism for a year while you sponsored everything you could and charged billions of dollars for TV deals for as long as you could. Now give some of it back because you robbed every kid. End of story. You robbed every kid. Oh, they totally took advantage of these kids. And here's the other thing, too, is now that you get to a point where college athletes are being able to get sponsored like this, look at Miami. Miami got their whole team sponsored by a gym. You don't think the school's getting a chunk of that? You don't think they're going to be brokering deals to get their own players sponsored? The schools are going to make more money off of this. The schools are going to make even more money off of the athletes getting paid. They're going to get a cut. It's good for everybody. For the Again, I, and I've said this before. The fact that the NCAA fought this for as long as they did was bad business on their part because – the name image likeness stuff is good for them and makes them more money. It gives them more exposure. They fell backwards into it. <laughs> they're, they're lucky as can be. So anyway, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 
4227.